It's Thanksgiving Eve, which means something across the rest of America and another thing entirely here in the city of Pittsburgh. Good morning to you. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins versus Rangers tonight at PPG Paints Arena, 7.08 p.m. face-off. I'll be there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I am always looking to this game, and that goes back to childhood. For those of you who aren't familiar with the background on this, the ownership slash front office of this team, whoever it's been, over the years, only asks the National Hockey League for one favor all season. And that makes the Penguins a little bit rare because most teams have all kinds of little things. They'd rather not do this, don't want to have too many Monday games or whatever. And because Pittsburgh has supported the Penguins the way it has, you've had very few requests. There's the, the Penguins, for example, are one of a handful of teams in the league that has Monday home games on a regular basis. Why? Because it doesn't affect the attendance all that much. You'll see that in New York, Toronto, Montreal, Boston, and Pittsburgh. And a couple other cities will get them, but again, not with that same frequency. All the Penguins want is Thanksgiving Eve. No one, not even the franchise's most diligent historians, know how this started. It, it's not really something that was planned. It's just that there were some games that happened to fall on Thanksgiving Eve. And what happens is that college students come home. They come home to see their parents. And those of us who are parents who are going to be blessed to have our kids coming home on this particular day, and you can tell by my intonation here, I'd hope that I'm one of them. That's, that's really cool. And they want to go see their beloved hockey team when they're here. And because they can only come once or twice a year, given their school schedules, they really live it up. Listen for that crowd. Even if you're just watching on TV or listening on radio or whatever, listen for that crowd. You will hear a difference. You will hear something that sounds a lot like playoffs, a lot more chance, a lot more everything. And I really feel that's something that this city should be proud of. The younger generation has adopted the Penguins in a way that even the late Dan Rooney, the former iconic owner of the Steelers, the team that's, you know, globally a zillion times better known from a branding standpoint than either the Penguins or the Pirates, he would say that he was jealous, and he's using the term playfully, of the grip that the Penguins had on the younger generation in this city. And this Thanksgiving Eve event is kind of a celebration of that. You guys want, want in on a little bit of a, 
I don't know how to put this. It's not something that I would share on the daily shot of Steelers, but I'd like to think that the three daily shots that I do every day, there's a little bit of a different audience and there's not that many people listening to all three. So if you promise not to tell anybody who listens to daily shot of Steelers, this I'll go ahead and whisper it in your ear. You guys, you were the ones who got Matt Canada fired. Yeah, I know you didn't come to the hockey show to hear about Matt Canada. You you can't even escape the news. It became such a massive deal. But it started with a group of hockey fans at Akershire Stadium six weeks ago chanting, Fire Matt Canada. And I was able to confirm this because one of these individuals, I know, was sending me direct messages up to the press box and said, hey, it started here in this section. We're the ones who got that started. And they were a bunch of hockey fans who were using that chant, the same sound, the same rhythm to get Ron Hextall fired this past spring at PPG Paints Arena. Same everything. Now, when I brought this up to people, and this is the part we're keeping between us, when I brought this up to people who are Steelers fans, they're like, what are you even talking about? What's hockey? Because Steelers fans, by and large, don't live here. The overwhelming majority of the Steelers fan base, God love them, don't live here. They don't live anywhere near here. More than half of their actual season ticket base lives nowhere near Western Pennsylvania, never mind Pittsburgh. Most of them fly in or make very long trips in because they inherited their tickets from their grandfathers or their great-grandfathers, and they compare everything to what Chuck Knoll did or what Franco and Rocky did and whatever else. And that's not the Penguins fan base at all. The Penguins fan base, because it's significantly younger, was always going to have to be the one that was going to show the energy, that was going to show the emotion, because a lot of them obviously are also Steelers fans. And they didn't like what was happening with the Steelers. They didn't like seeing the offense fall apart. They didn't like seeing Canada continue to be employed. So they did, not just at that game at Akershire Stadium, but in multiple games at PPG Paints Arena, what wasn't happening at Steelers games. They let everyone hear it. They knew that it worked for them once. And say what you want about whatever might have gone into Mike Tomlin's decision or when he made it and everything else. What's known is that that's where this started from a civic standpoint. That's what started the billboards. That's what started the signs. That's what started possibly even the players, meaning the Steelers players own comfort level with speaking up the way Najee Harris did in Cleveland. That started with you. No exaggeration, no hyperbole, nothing other than hardcore fact that you will understand if you're here and you're a hockey fan. So go right ahead and take your bow. And guess what? You know what? Tonight... At the rink, you can just watch the hockey game. You don't have to chant anything other than let's go Pens. When we come back, J1Q. I should probably mention, since this is a really significant game tonight, before I get to J1Q, that Ricard Raquel went on 
or is going to go on in all likelihood injured reserve. He's out longer term with an injury per Mike Sullivan yesterday after practice. Chad Ruedel is considered week to week, which also usually means longer term. Although in the Sullivan lingo, week to week can mean as little as two weeks, three weeks. Longer term means a month or more, usually means four to six weeks. And by the way, it usually means a broken foot when he uses that. And Brian Rust also is being evaluated for an injury. All of these guys were held out of practice. A bunch were called up from Wilkes-Barre, Jansen Harkins, Alex Nylander, John Ludwig, who's probably going to get back into the lineup for a significant game. And that's obviously not optimal. Today's J1Q comes from Chris, who says, So, DK, my dad called me up, and he says the Pens play better on the road. And and I get it. The Pens' style over 30 years has been to score. And that's fun to do at home, but they play a more simple game on the road. Avoiding recency bias, 14 Game 7s they've played since 1993. Eight of them at home, and they won three, just three. They've won five of the last six road Game 7s. That has to, this has to be something, right? Um, no, it really doesn't. Certainly not if you get into some recency bias and just look at the 17 games that have been played to date. This season, you've got a breakdown of the Penguins being four and five at home, five and three on the road. That's a negligible difference. That's not any sort of meaningful breakdown between the two. The Penguins lead the NHL with five shutouts, which is actually a really bizarre stat, right? But... Two of those have come at home and three on the road, so there's not really any separation there either. I've actually been impressed with the way this team has gone about a consistent approach between home and road, meaning once they got through those first nine games and that big funk and everything else that was going wrong, even that really wasn't separated between home and road. What was their best game out of the first nine? Ask yourself that. It was the Colorado game, of course, at home. What was their best game overall of the season? I would posit that it was the one in Los Angeles. But the Penguins themselves, and I've asked them this, feel that it was the home game against Buffalo. They feel they were just in complete suffocation mode that night against the Sabres. They were proud of that one. I was at home. Same thing you're talking about. Defending, defending, defending happened at home. So to date, no, I don't see anything to that effect. Even, even with the power play, that's one of the areas that you will see some daylight between home and road for a team like Pittsburgh that has arguably too much skill and thinks that they can make any pass dissecting any penalty-killing box and end up just turning the puck over all night. But even that's been pretty much the same, home and road, meaning it hasn't been great. It also hasn't been awful, but it hasn't been tilted in one direction or the other. My feeling is that this is largely because you have the older team. 
when you have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Eric Carlson, you know, even some of the, the, the you know, mid-range age guys, they've been at this for a while. And they don't take to the ice and look around and say, whoa, Los Angeles, this is scary. The Kings have a loud crowd. They, they couldn't care less. They're just... They're just going over the boards and playing the game the same way they would anywhere else. That's one of the pluses of having the older group. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Going to have another one of these tomorrow for Thanksgiving that's going to be a little bit different. And I hope you'll join me for that. 